This is such a short one, I probably should have included it with the little short ones from last week because the next one's a long one that I'm going to do two together. So this first one is June 30th, 1997. And this picture, I'm thinking that this was Elsa Bobcat, and this was typical of what our cages looked like back in 1997. They were on these U's, which now make our dens. The cats can go under the U's for the dens that we have now. But these things were up about two and a half feet off the ground, and then they had chain link boxes on top of them. And you might remember where I was talking about burning the ant infested orange crates. You can see one of the orange crates back in the background of this cage. And they were, these were, you know, anywhere from four to 10 times bigger than what the state required at the time but it was just so horrifically small. And my father started working for us in 1996, building the huge open enclosures that you see today that are all at least 1,200 square feet for a cat her size. So June 30th, 1997, Don left for Costa Rica early from Miami. He imported five Siberian lynx kittens from Canada and had to drive down there to pick them up. So he departed from there to Costa Rica. As always, we got so much more accomplished while he was gone. And I do not understand this entry because it says he left to go to Miami. He left Costa Rica early from Miami. He imported five Siberian Canada, five Siberian lynx from Canada, and he had to go there to pick them up, which makes sense because you have to import to a international port if, when they're coming across nation's boundaries like that. You can get a special permit like we tried to do for the Guatemala Tigers to come to Tampa, but it's a huge process and we didn't know how to do it at the time. So the Canada Lynx kittens come in from Canada to Miami, but then it says he went down there to pick them up and then he departed from there to go to Costa Rica. And then it says, as always, we got so much more accomplished while he was gone, which was always true. So much more work got done when Dom was not around. but. I don't know how the kittens got from Miami to Tampa, unless maybe he had somebody drive him down to Miami and that person drove the cats back up. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. June 10th, 1997. Vacher called from Costa Rica. Then I give the phone number, which you guys don't need because I'm sure it won't be the same number anymore and you don't need to be harassing somebody who has that number and had nothing to do with this. Vodker called from Costa Rica and seemed surprised that I answered the phone. It was my line, the fax line. He said that he had called this number a few months back and left a message, and Don had gone into fits that Vodker had called this number and had instructed him to never do that again. Vodker said that he was calling to let Don know that he heard about Don putting out a contract on his head and that he was contacting the embassy so that if Don tried to re-enter the country, he would be arrested. Fokker said that there are a lot of people who would jump at $1,000 to kill a person. I asked why he thought Don would want to kill him, and he said he was holding on to one of Don's cars as collateral for all the work he did for Don for which he was not repaid. Fokker said that Don smuggled a male ocelot with a microchip and that he has the number and witnesses that, ha that he had microchipped the cat himself to pass for a domestic cat and that it had been brought in supposedly with the same chip number. And then it says the Margay, so I don't know, it sounds like there's two cats going on here, and then it says the Margay 
he said, was missing two toes from her front left paw, and he knew how it was done and where. He claimed to have per personally witnessed Don smuggling these cats onto the plane. I asked how this was possible, and he said all you had to do was slip a $50 bill into your passport and anything goes. He claims to have, and I don't know how that works, I mean, how does he get off the plane here with them? He claims to have copies of all of Don's checks and receipts totaling some $500,000 that he said Don did not report as coming into Costa Rica through customs. Bakker said that he is the one who recommended that Don deposit it with the helicopter brothers and that he can verify how much they got from Don. He said Don used to have him run ads in the Spanish paper down there looking for live-in girls who must be young, slim, and tico, which means from Costa Rica, and will send me a copy of his most recent ad from six weeks ago where Don started running them in English in the Tico Times so that he did not have to rely on Vacher. I got a bug on my head. <laughs> I was out there spraying wasps. I wonder who wrote them for Don. He said that Don uses his private line for these ads, and again, it has a number, but I'm not going to post it. But Vacher has copies of the message tapes where the girls have responded describing themselves and what they would do. He says that he has receipts from paying the escort services so that someone would be waiting for Don when he arrived. He said that Don is known all over the neighborhood as the dirty old man who trades secondhand baby clothes to young poor mothers who cannot afford to take care of their children. And Don has offered several of them free rent in exchange for their sec sexual services. One girl, Iva, age 22, with an 18-month-old child, is divorcing her husband, who is a grocery clerk, because Don has promised to bring her and her child back to live the good life in the U.S. Don has promised her a year lease, marked and paid, for her affection. Another girl, a friend of Vacher's, is 26, with a six-year-old son Don has made the same offer to, but she doesn't like Don because he sleeps around. Later, I received a call from Mary Hooper, Bacher's friend. Again, it gives the phone number, which I'm sure would not be valid today. She said Don was always very kind to her and always telling her that she was beautiful and that if she would leave Vacher, he would take care of her forever. She was in the room the day that Don was on the phone telling me he was going to divorce me and take half of the cats to Costa Rica. She heard him screaming about how he would choke me financially and poison all of our cats just to get even with me for having the junk hauled out of the yard. This was on the last trip before this one. Mary and Vacher moved in with Don in October, and she said immediately she noticed that Don's entire reason for coming to Costa Rica was spent looking for young girls to have sex with him. She said it didn't matter if anything else got done. Every day that he was there, his first and foremost focus was on what new girl he could get into bed with. She said it is common for him to interview, in quotation marks, five or six women a day by running ads for what would appear to be a legitimate job. And then if the girl was pretty, he would tell her that he was a gentleman and he would not rush her, but that he would expect her to sleep in his room with him every night. And then maybe later on, if she liked him, 
She could be his girlfriend, and he would pay for her to come live in America with him. Bakker and Mary both said that they kept the answering machine tapes from where angry Costa Rican men would call and curse Don out for trying to buy their daughters, wives, and sisters under the guise of a legitimate job offer. What convinced me that she was telling the truth was that she said in all of Don's interviews, if the girl looked usable, Don would make breakfast or lunch for her while interviewing her for the job. The jobs he advertised for were housekeeper, interpreter, and business partner. This wouldn't be so odd, except that if he interviewed four people he liked, he would offer a meal each time. Don is not the hostess type, but whenever he wants something from me, he makes a meal for us. It has always been his come on line to say that he just wanted to be my friend and that he wouldn't rush me. And then he'd start kissing and petting and making it very clear that his words didn't mean a thing. Don loves the chase, but he likes to win early on. Mary said that he used to buy nice clothes and bring them to Costa Rica to sell but that Don started bringing ratty, soiled children's clothes and petite women's clothes and would hang them up all over the place to get the poor young servant girls in the area to come inside. When he got them inside, he would then tell them they could pick out a few things for themselves and their babies in exchange for sexual favors. She said Don had lured in the dirtiest of the prostitutes and had slept with them. He had tried to use condoms because he was afraid that he would catch something, but Don complained to Mary that he needed a better class of prostitute because he couldn't keep a heart on if he had to use a condom. Mary said that she always had to clean Don's room and tried to embarrass him with some of his own used condoms left laying around, but she said that he wasn't at all embarrassed. One little girl was homeless and she had a six-week-old baby. Don told her that she could stay with him and that he would give her time to get to know him, but she had to sleep in the same room with him. The very first night, he started trying to get her to have sex with him, but she said that she had a cesarean section, C-section with her baby and couldn't, so Don suggested oral sex. She told him that was disgusting, and Don complained to Mary that she wouldn't even try it. Mary told Don that perhaps he should give her time, like he had promised, but, Mary, but Don said that he could see that she was going to be nothing but trouble and threw her out. Her name was Gesenia. The first housekeeper, in quotation marks, that Don fell for, my screen's just <laughs> disappeared. The first housekeeper that Don fell for was a tiny little girl named Yvette. Don accidentally brought home pictures of her carrying a teddy bear that I had seen him pack. He said that she was the taxi cab driver's daughter. He never could remember her name and called her Little Bit. She looked to be all of 10 years old, but Don assured me that she was of legal age. Why would I care if the taxi driver's daughter was of legal age? The taxi cab driver, Alex, is supposedly Don's best source of girls, and he translates to them what Don wants when they can't speak English. Vacher says that he was often called upon to do the same. Don tells everyone that the only reason for our success that he is the only reason for our success, and that everything I do fails. 
He complains that I don't think he ever does anything right. I don't remember the last time Dom was capable of making a sound business decision. Just yesterday, Anne had Don sign a notarized affidavit that I witnessed saying if he ever gives Wendell Williams any more money without accounting to Anne first, then Don will owe her $10,000, which tells me that she has caught him giving it away again. I caught Wendell twice in the same day saying to Don, remember that two grand you owe me? In both cases, Don peeled off $2,000. In both cases, Don peeled $2,000 off the roll in his pocket and handed it over to Wendell. I confronted both of them about it, but Don couldn't remember that Don had just done that a few minutes before as well. Anne also said that Don has a private line at his desk now at the office that no one else can pick up. Anne also says that Don has a private line at his desk now. I'm not getting the sentence right. Anne also said that Don has a private line at his desk now at the office that no one else can pick up on. He has no need for such a thing, unless he's trying to hide something. The worst that I heard from both Mary and Vacher is that Don ordered a catalog of photographs of women in an envelope addressed to him. The catalog gives the girls measurements and descriptions and says things about their personality like, I would have sex with someone even if I didn't love them, and I would have sex with an older man if he were rich enough. They both claim that Don went through the photos and marked the girls he wanted to buy, and that several of the girls in the photos spent the night with Don on one or more occasions. Mary said that she has been witness to at least 30 of his illicit encounters who have slept over. And that's the end of the entry. And again, you know, so many people are like, how could you have put up with that? And I just so much did not want to believe that that was happening. And I knew that these people all had reasons to lie to me about what Tom was doing because of the fact that apparently they were getting into business deals with them and he was probably cheating them because that was just his nature. And so they were looking for ways to get even. But I, I have to admit, so many of the details were things that they could only know from either witnessing it or maybe Don telling them that that had been things that he had said to me or things he had done for me as far as like cooking meals for me and such. So I kept trying to tell myself that it was not as bad as it was and was trying to figure out what was going on with him. I just, at this point, I just still was not sure what was happening and was trying to get him to the doctors and trying to get him help. And it was just all of this stuff was happening all at one time. So it was a really confusing and difficult time in our lives. I realize I need to make two clarifications. One, all of that information, including the actual phone numbers and the people, were given to the police at the time so that they could research to see what was happening there, inclu including if there were any charges of pedophilia. And the other is that when I said, why would I care about the age of the person that looked like she was 10 years old, it's because Don had taken a teddy bear. He had given it to what he said was his cab driver's daughter and shown me a picture of her holding the teddy bear. And then, which would have been perfectly innocent, but then he said, but she was of legal age. And that's why I was like, why would I care how old this kid was that you were giving a bear to? 
I didn't have anything in my head that he was doing something inappropriate with the child at the time that he was showing me that, that photograph. 